You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Uh, we're talking Championship Sunday at the bottom of the hour with our man Ross Tucker, the Ross Tucker Podcast, CBS Sports, Westwood One. Get his thoughts on the National Football League. Uh, the text line is absolutely erupted with impossible flames trivia playing it for the first time on the show. I've given you three names, Mm -hmm. Trevor kid, Marty McKinnis and Chris Drury. They all have one thing in common. And if you get it right, which I don't think you will. No, you win nickelback tickets. I don't think you're going to get it right. Um, but if nobody gets it right, we're going to pick a random winner on the text line, but you have to add who you are and where you're texting from to be eligible to win. We've actually had some really funny guesses, but uh, it's very, uh, this is very <laughs> difficult. Um, Pat, our producer, Patrick Dumont, hasn't even had a guess yet. Do you want to at least hazard a guess? Well, they all played in the Olympics? Okay. Uh, no, it's not right. But they did play all in the Olympics. Right. But this is the thing but I'm looking for. This isn't the one you're looking for. They no. all played for four different NHL teams. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So that's impossible Flames trivia. All right. And I, and I, and I, Scoured. I did research. The I entire break, I was just throwing things at you. Yep. Zero. Uh, and you did ask me one question, and I'll give everyone a hint out there. You'll get this one hint. It's hockey related. Um, our, <laughs> our next guest, uh, we're thrilled to have him back as a regular on our radio station. Uh, he's a very, very familiar voice to our listeners in Calgary on the Atlas Pizza and Let's Sports go. Bar guest hotline from Daily Hive, and now a Sportsnet 960 contributor. Once again, we say good morning to Peter Klein. Peter, what's going on, pal? How are you? I'm good. I was Googling Trevor Kidd stuff. I'm actually glad you clarified the, the hockey thing. I was like, did Trevor Kidd play the Little League World Series? Because that was the uh, okay. that, that was the dreary thing. pretty good. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy you clarified that. I was kind of hoping I could be like Cronwood back in the day and just come on and just blab the answer to the trivia question 35 right. seconds into it. Uh, nobody nobody knows it. Uh, only, I, only I am the keeper of this answer. And even if you went on Google you probably wouldn't figure it out anyway. That's why it's called Impossible Flames Trivia. Yeah, bravo. This one is, it's, it's a real stumper. So I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm perplexed. I can't wait to hear the answer. I would even say, Peter, that Pat Steinberg would not even get this. Ooh, oh, that is bold. Yeah, not even the legendary Pat Steinberg would be able to get Impossible Flames uh, Trivia. Uh, well, we're glad to have you back. Um, it's, we're all excited. You're a very familiar voice. You're very passionate about the Calgary Flames. Um, what have you made of their season thus far? Because you've actually looked at it. They're, they're in a better position than I think what the fan base thinks and feels about the team, which is kind of weird. It really is, yeah. And I, I do have to kind of catch myself sometimes because they're, they're also in a better position than I thought they would be. Um, or just judging off of their, their play. Because it, it, it's weird you look at how the season has gone so far and you look at how they've played so far, it kind of feels like it. The best way I can describe it is they are playing as if it's still early in the season, right? Like you watch them the other night, you know what, when this all gels, it's going to look real good. And then you look, Oh, it's game 45. It probably should have gelled, but it, it still, it still feels like everyone's kind of getting familiar and you still don't really, like we think maybe Dubé Lindholm to Foley is set, but that could change in a minute. Um, I, I, I hope Lucic isn't set with Kadri and, and Huberto. Like it's still, you're still figuring things out and we're almost at the all-star break, but 
to still be figuring things out and to be right in the mix for a playoff spot is uh, a pretty good thing. And you look at the Pacific Division right now, like Edmonton's on a bit of a roll, save for last night. Um, Vegas is really good. And aside from that, like Seattle's fine. The Kings are going to have to go on a real heater to get their point differential to zero. Um, so the, the rest of the division isn't all that outstanding by any stretch of the imagination. So as, as frustrating as it has been, the Flames do have themselves in a pretty good spot. And it does seem like some, uh, some things are starting to come around. We know that Chris Tanev isn't going to play in these next couple of games, but just how big of a loss is that? And, and what are you going to be watching for on the blue line in his absence? Oh, it's huge. Um, he, he is a, a star maker on that blue line where anyone he gets paired with all of a sudden turns, turns into just such a, a comfortable, calming presence. And that is something that I think is really going to be missed over these next couple of games. Um, I, I'm kind of looking for, like, Hannafin's been good, but I, I would like for him to kind of step up a little bit. And also, um, I think everyone's starting to realize how good Mackenzie Weger has been over the last little bit. There's some turnovers that, like, kind of skew things a bit. But um, you look at some of the underlying numbers, and the man's been fantastic. And I think now maybe we're going to get to see a little bit more of that. And also, I am begging for this Connor Mackey, who we have been talking about for three years now, to turn into the guy who we've thought he was going to be for three years now. Like, it's just I, I, I am begging for him to, to step up into that role. And, and finally take this by the horns. Like, it, it's been up and down for him, but now there's going to be a couple of games for him to kind of get settled into. I, I hope that he can kind of turn into the guy that people thought he was going to be. Well, yeah, and, and his situation is different than Jacob Peltier's, right? Like, his was, okay, we want to see Jacob Peltier play to see what he can do. With Connor Mackey, I feel like he's been given a little bit of opportunity at certain parts of the season, and like you kind of mentioned, it just hasn't necessarily been what he was touted as when he signed coming out of college. Yeah, like he was being penciled in, um, like, in, okay, you know what? We can lose a Yusuf Alamaki, per yeah. se, um, because we have this Connor Mackey. Well, what do you have in Connor Mackey? Ah, we have Connor Mackey. Um, and then, like you said, yeah, with Telchi, it's, all right, let's see what he can do. And with Mackey, it's, let's see if he can do more. Um, and I, I, I do think that there is more in there. Um, I, I hope that there is more in there. I, I can't believe that everyone was just, that off on the kid and again it's been weird his time with the flames organization where it's been up and down and playing a bunch of games and then not playing a bunch of games and and all of that so i'm hoping that uh, a bit more of a consistent role can maybe help because yeah you're right like it's it's i don't want to say it's time to like well if he doesn't figure it out now then he's never going to because that's that's not how sports work but i I do think that this is uh, an important couple games for him to kind of reestablish himself as someone on this blue line. And if he doesn't, I think from a Flames perspective, you might have to, like, I'm not going to say it alters how you look at the trade deadline, because I think they should maybe look for more defensive depth anyway. But injuries are not anything new to Chris Tanev. Um, and that's no shot at him. It's just he plays the game so hard. And he is so all or nothing on every play that that can wear on a guy. Last year was the only time he's played 82 games in his entire career. Like, these things happen to him. Um, we saw it in the playoffs last year. It happened at the, the worst possible time. You need someone to be able to, to kind of step up, and if it's not going to be Mackey this year, I think the Flames are going to have to go out and find someone who can do that. Peter Klein from Daily Hive. Uh, he's back on Sportsnet 960 on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, Peter, i got to ask you about Elias Lindholm. We know he's 
Uh, Daryl Sutter thinks he's the most important player on this team, the number one center on this team. I understand all of that, but dude's only got 14 goals this season. Had 42 last year, which of course was a career high. Are we not talking enough about the lack of goal scoring from him this season? Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Um, I think the reason we're not is because it's like 19th on the, oh my God, what's going on with the Flames team list right now, right? Like you're, you're, we're still trying to figure out what's happening with Huberto. We're still trying to figure out where the real uh, Jacob Markstrom went. Like we're still trying to figure out all of these things. So it's kind of like Lindholm, we'll, we'll, we'll get to you later. Um, but you think like coming into the season, it was going to be Lindholm and Huberto. And Huberto was going to set up Lindholm for 40 goals and all of this was going to be good. And then Huberto had some figuring out to do. And now to Foley, um, uh, along with him and Dubé, like it's a fine line, but, and Dubé is, uh, or sorry, Toffoli, just combined the two. Um, Toffoli is a fine playmaker, but he's not set this guy up for a bunch of goals playmakers. So I think they've been fine. I think they've been consistent, but yeah, you're right. Like they, this team, whether it's Lindholm or someone, this team kind of needs someone to really step up and be like, hey, Sorry, fat face muted myself. Oh, okay, um, that's all right. <laughs> We're like, did you drop? Are you okay? Are you safe? I was worried about your personal safety for a second. Oh, oh no, that's fair. Uh, the, the way I the way I lived, it could go at any moment. So that's okay. that's completely fair. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what I was saying was to Foley with him or anyone, you're just dying for someone to really step up on this team. Uh, or sorry, Lindholm or to Foley or anyone. You're yep. just waiting for someone to just grab this thing by the reins and just go. And I do think Lindholm has the potential to be the best player on this team, but I, I do also think that there needs to be maybe a bit more help that guys like Dubé and Tifoli can't provide. And I, I just, I look back to the other night um, and not to kind of wax poetic about guys who aren't here anymore, but the, the one thing with Johnny is whenever he had the puck in that game the other night, it felt like something dangerous was going to happen. And there isn't that guy on the Flames right now. They're a good hockey team, but there isn't that dude on this team where it's like, okay, hop on, boys. We're going, and I'm, we are not losing this game. Kadri can have some sprints of that, but his is more, I'm just going to be consistently really good, and eventually that's going to win out. There isn't that guy who just takes games over. I would love for Lindholm to be that guy, but this team is waiting for anyone to do that. Well, shouldn't that guy be Huberto for the amount of money they've already promised him now after this season? It, it, it's 100%. It should be Huberto, right? Because when, when he gets brought in, I know it was in the Kachuk trade, but the, the conversation was, well, look, you've just swapped out one John who had 115 points for another John who had 115 points. Like it was, he was supposed to fill that playmaking role that um, Johnny Goudreau, uh, Goudreau left and was going to be that guy to, to elevate everyone around him and be that rising tide that lifted up all ships. Uh, ships sorry. And for, for Huberto, he is now starting to find his game, but you could see for the first like 15, 20, even 30 games of the season, he was, you, you could watch him think on the ice and that, that that's not good. This is a very fast game. You need to be reacting. Um, he, he sees the game very well. He thinks the game very well, but it, it just wasn't there for a little bit. It's starting to come around, but no, you're right. They, if there would be a, a top candidate for that role, it should be that dude for sure. What have you made of the play of Jacob Pelche? And I guess uh, Walker Dewar as well, who's getting a little bit more of a look on that fourth line while Brett Ritchie recovers. I've liked them a lot. Um, we, we've seen more of Dewar. Uh, we finally get into like double digits of minutes for Pelche now, which is nice to, to be able to, to look at. But I, I like how those guys play. And I don't understand, aside from 
the the age thing. I don't understand why Daryl doesn't trust them more. They seem to be the types of players that Daryl would like. Like they're just kind of they're like those table hockey guys where it's just they they go in a straight line. This is my line. I am going to go this way. And if someone's in my way, I'm going to crash into them. And hey, look, there's a puck and it goes in the net. Like I, they, they play a style that I think Daryl Sutter would adore. And so I don't know why there isn't more of an opportunity given to them. But you look at, there have been some times this year where guys like Dewar and Pelche, um, Rizicka when he's going, is, is someone who is like this as well. Um, those are guys who, like, they can provide a bit of a spark. You, you go in, Pelche just a couple of times just goes in on a forecheck and causes a bit of havoc that leads to more zone time, that leads to more chances. More chances leads to more goals. Goals are good. We like goals. So I, I like how they've played. I, I like that they have kind of figured out their, their role. And for a lot of the young kids that have come in, I, I like that they're not trying to, to do too much. They're not trying to come in and score 30 goals in one game or anything like that, that they understand they're in kind of a, a checking role. They're going to come out, provide some energy, make life uncomfortable for the, the, their, uh, for the other team, and let the big guys come in and, and score the goals. And occasionally you'll run into some as well. So I, I think that those guys have played the role that they have needed to play perfectly so far. Uh, Peter, the, the division is so tight. All of a sudden, the Golden Knights have come back to the pack a little bit here. The Flames are right there uh, in the conversation to finish in the top three in this division. If you were to make a wager right now, give me the top three at the end of the regular season in the Pacific. Ooh, that is an excellent question. Um, I, I am going to say that the top three in the Pacific is going to be Vegas, Edmonton, and Calgary. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going out on a limb. I'm, I'd love to say, you know what, I think the Canucks are going to make a run and really have a hot take here. Um, but I, I think they have a better chance of finishing bottom three in the league. Um, I think Vegas, like they're just, they're at their best. They're just so good. Um, I do worry about the goaltending a touch kind of falling back to earth, but they just have so much talent on that team. Edmonton, we, we like to, to poke fun and we like to, we, we enjoy when they suck and boy, have they given us a lot of enjoyment in that over the last little while, but they have two of like the three best hockey players in the world. And if they go out and address anything um, on the blue line and then maybe add something to that forward group, like they're, they're really, really good. And then after that, I, I think the Flames are better than Seattle. I think the Flames are better than the Kings. And then no one else below Calgary in the Pacific concerns you even a little bit. So I, I am going to say Vegas, Edmonton, and Calgary, which once again mm. sets up a, a battle with Alberta in the postseason, which Super. will be fun, fun and stressful all at the same time. <laughs> which we love. Uh, PK, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the Royal Rumble coming up this weekend. And everyone wants to know who's going to win the thing and who your pick's going to be. But what I want to know is who's going to be your surprise entrant. And if I'm being honest, I stole this right off Twitter and I saw a gif of Mr. Kennedy in the tweet. And I said, I really hope it's not Mr. Kennedy because I hated him when I watched WWE. But who would be your secret entrant that you would love to see in this thing over the weekend? This time of year is so much fun because everyone's brains just go wild. They're like, hey, look, they could have a deal worked out with New Japan that their champ could come in for a night. You never know. <laughs> um, the, there's a lot of talk about The Rock. There's a lot of talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin coming in. It is Texas after all. Um, I think those two guys, I, I think The Rock is going to make an appearance. So that would be my oh. honorable mention. Um, honorable mention, I do think uh, this is the time Pat McAfee returns to the WWE. So I think we get a, a Pat McAfee sign, uh, sighting in the uh, the Royal Rumble, but I, I'm going to say that the big name is The Rock. Wow. That what, would be a big name. Like, what what about that <laughs> yeah. Saudi prince who, who put that robe on Lionel Messi? You think he'll come out? 
Um, the, the problem is, at some point, you'd have to eliminate them, and I, I don't see him doing that. Like, that would be a case. Um, this is probably more wrestling talk than the fans want, but in at WrestleMania 17, they did a gimmick battle royal where all the weird gimmicks came back, like Bastion Booger and Doink the Clown and all of those guys. Yeah. And the Iron Sheik won because he literally physically couldn't be thrown over the top rope like he was too ill to do that. Yeah. So he just won. Um, and if, yeah. if they brought in the, the Saudi crown prince, I can't imagine he'd be like, right. yeah, it'd be cool if Braun Strowman threw me over the top rope. So <laughs> yeah. it would be it would be an awkward situation for sure. Yeah, it probably would be an awkward situation. What is an awkward? It's actually awesome uh, that you're back with us on Sportsnet 960. Uh, Peter Klein, Daily Hive, and now again back on the radio station. We look forward to listening to you. When are you back on the station like for reals? Uh, next Monday, uh, it'll be me and Aaron Vickers in the, uh, the afternoon from four to six. I am, I'm very happy. I don't have to do the, the wake up call that you guys are doing and I'm getting, uh, eased back in, into to fill in duty on the, the afternoon where I can be nice and well rested. There you go. Called, uh, called you back in for the week of no flames games. That's the, yes. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Let's just see what you can do with absolutely zero things helping to provide you content. <laughs> so go, go have fun with that. Well, I'm sure you'll be able to fill in when I'm uh, taking one of my much, uh, like yeah. hundreds of weeks of vacation. Yeah, George so. needs a lot of rest. So you're fine. Oh, Hey, look, I've I've done the morning thing. You need a whole lot of rest, and I Thank look you. forward to seeing who else they bring in to, to wake up at 3 in the morning. All right, that, sounds that good. One, that one is not going to be this guy. Uh, great job. We'll see you soon, pal. Thanks for this. <laughs> All right, talk to you guys later. Uh, and there he is on the Peter Klein on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, using the same secret recipe since 1975. It's a secret. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403 248 Thirty-three forty-four. Ross Tucker, straight ahead, but we're still. Can we get the bed here, Alex? Too of um, oh the mystery, Im- the impossible the fun game trivia? show bed. Yeah, can okay. we do it again? Oh, you, oh, this one's a little more intense now. Unsolved mysteries bed. Yeah, <laughs> it is because somebody on the text lines like, like this always gives me goosebumps because it reminds me of like watching Unsolved Mysteries as a kid with Robert Stack as the host. Yes. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Yeah, it is a little creepy. It's, yeah, like I'm, it, a I'm a little unsettled. Right yeah. Uh, we're playing Impossible Flames trivia for the first time on the big show. You have to find out what the connection between these three former Flames are. Trevor Kidd, Marty McKinnis, and Chris Drury. 960-960, name and location. Uh, if you guess it right... Can I try? You I have a ne- couple other ideas. Sure. Uh, did they all wear 37? Nope. Did did they all play high school hockey? I'm sure they did, but that's not the answer. I'm I don't know for. if they did because Trevor Kidd played in the Western League. So yeah, uh, he I don't played think he for the um, Brandon Weekings and the Spokane Chiefs. Sure did in the dub. Yeah, um, those would have been my two. Uh, D- did they play in the German Elite League? Not no. Uh, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. If you get it right by some act of God, that. <laughs> um, we'll give you the prize. If not, uh, we're going to randomly give it away to a texter. But Did you have all- to have your name and location attached to your text to win the Nickelback tickets for June 25th at the Dome. Did they all play for the Salt Lake Golden Eagles? Uh, no, that's not the answer. You want one more hint? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, do I give you it's one ho- more hint? So the first hint was it's hockey related. Come on. Come on. Okay, here's your hint. Okay. It's nothing past... 2003. That's not going to help you, but that's that's the hint. 
Yeah, like, weren't they all retired, basically, by... It's nothing. The answer lies... Drake played on the 2010 USA team. Okay. Okay, so the answer to this question... Two of them were basically retired at that point. The question... kept playing. That's right. The question is 2003 is as late as I'll go for the year to unlock this impossible question. Ross Tucker... Ross Tucker Podcast, CBS Sports, Westwood One. Ridiculous. A laundry list of other stuff. Straight ahead, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Uh, more Big Show uh, straight ahead with Patrick and Alex. Uh, Matt Stajan, Calgary Hitman assistant coach and former NHL, will rejoin the show at 9.05. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. He's a beauty. Yeah. Big fan. Uh, we're also still playing Impossible Flames Trivia. For your chance to win Nickelback tickets June 25th down at the Saddle Dome, you have to connect these three former Flames, Trevor Kidd, Marty McKinnis, and Chris Drury. 960-960, name and location on the text line. We've and had if s- nobody gets it, we're just going to pick a random winner. There's been some great guesses like this one. Their middle names are all Herbert. Okay. Which you don't think is right. Nope. Or this one from Jeff. They all cried at the notebook. Okay. Might be true, but um, we know it's a hockey-related answer, so... I was dragged to the notebook by my uh, ex, mm-hmm. and the dude beside me cried at the end. <laughs> or if you haven't seen the movie, it's like, one, two, three, die. You can't... It doesn't work that way. You just can't die simultaneously. Yeah, no, that's... Okay, I haven't anyway, seen the film, so... But don't. Okay. Uh, our next guest. Maybe he's seen it. Maybe he's, cry, maybe he's a movie crier. I don't know. Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, Westwood One, Ross Tucker podcast on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Ross, good morning. You're not a crier at movies, are you? Uh, yeah, a decent amount of time, I would say. Really? Yep. Like Brian's song, Crying? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. I So, a couple things, okay. right? Number one, well, for the most part, I don't like stress. <laughs> So okay. I usually I usually only watch romantic comedies because okay. I just want to know like I want to know I want to laugh and I want that I want the two people to get together at the end and live happily ever after. Mm. So that's number one. Number two, though, if I do watch like something that's emotional, um, yeah, my eyes will fill up. I'm a pretty emotional person, and I'm not like I'm not like one of those people that feels like. Oh, I'm a man. I don't cry, or like you, that. You need to hide emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like people that are like that—that's insecure, right? They're not secure in their masculinity. Like, I don't care. I'll cry about something sad and then punch you in your face. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, right. like, <laughs> I, I, I embrace every human emotion, and being moved to tears is one of them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. See, uh, um, see, you're you're secure enough in yourself that you don't mind uh, shedding a tear in a movie. Uh, you talk about you don't like stress. I I would I would if you can watch it if you're if you're flying somewhere if you have some time, try to watch the movie Fall Ross and let's see how far into that movie you can get into when it comes to stress. Because I don't really get stressed at movies, but when I went to go see this in the theaters, my hands and my feet were sweaty. 
So don't watch the yeah, preview. Yeah, I don't. I don't like stuff like that. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not into that. It's a climbing movie. I'm just saying, try to like, if you can, see how far you can get it for. Like, I can't watch this anymore. I'm just trying to give you some homework. Yeah, I mean that sounds like that. Like your challenge there <laughs> immediately gets me to the point where I wouldn't want to see it at all. Like, <laughs> okay. uh, like I. I have no interest. Like the fact that you're even challenging me in that way mm-hmm. tells me all I need to know to okay. have no interest whatsoever. I don't like heights, and my hands have started to sweat just reading the synopsis of this film. So yeah, yeah. there's a lot of heights. I'm not. I don't like. I don't like heights either. Yep. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Raw. Hard pass. Okay. All right. Just saying. Just in case you're bored on a flight <laughs> and you're like that guy from Calgary told me to watch Fall. Maybe I'll get through like five minutes of it. So there you go. If you're bored on a flight. Um, Ross, uh, is this the week where Brock Purdy turns into a rookie quarterback against the Eagles? I don't know. I mean, maybe, but is, is he really turning into a rookie quarterback if that happens? Or is he just playing the best team in pro football on the road in an insane environment where the mm. people will be going bananas? I, I mean, you know, we saw a bunch of quarterbacks, I feel like, not play their best this past weekend. Dak had a couple bad picks. You know, Josh Allen didn't play great against the Bengals. But because those guys are a little bit more established, you know, people won't say it. But I'm telling you right now, I tweeted this earlier this morning. So this is good timing. At Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter, by the way, I, I am going to lose my mind if Purdy struggles in the game or if the Niners struggle offensively mm. and people start coming out of the woodwork to be like, dude, Purdy's not good. <laughs> Told you. That's why he's the last pick in the draft. Purdy sucks, man. It was just a good, like, I can already hear it and it's nauseating. The kid's good. Give him some credit. Yeah, He's played really well. It's a large enough sample size now that we can say he's good. That's, that's, that's the same as saying he's great. That's the same as saying he's like a top 10 quarterback, but he's a good quarterback that has played well, but because he was taken in the seventh round, because a bunch of teams messed up and should have taken him earlier, if he plays poorly, people are going to frame the conversation around his entry point of where he was drafted. Uh, I want to ask you more about this matchup, but I just kind of want to circle back real quick to Dak and the Cowboys. Uh, the defense played well, I thought, in that game against the Niners. Special teams was great. Dak, not so much. And I understand the pressure was there, and I get all of that. But he was outplayed by a rookie quarterback, and he's the guy that's supposed to be a, a quarterback that can bring them to a Super Bowl championship. Have you seen enough of Dak that can he, can he be a Super Bowl quarterback with the Dallas Cowboys? Or eventually, he kind of looks like the guy who was taken in the fourth round sometimes. Again, has nothing to do with his draft status. You're, you just went right into the trap that I just talked about okay. that I didn't like. Um, don't don't go into that trap. Okay, I won't. Doesn't, I never will again, first, Ross. I never will again. Round pick caliber quarterback. If that if that's how you want to phrase it, right? The guy is without. He's a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's one of the ten best in the league. He's clearly a first round caliber quarterback. Um, I don't really have a great explanation. For some of the interceptions he's thrown this year, certainly for the second one on Sunday, I thought it was the difference in the game. He needs to be better. They need to figure out how to help him be better because it mm. cost them the game. Can they win a Super Bowl with him? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, if he had the Niners team around him or if he had the Eagles team around him, I think they'd have a, a great chance. Hmm. I mean, the Cowboys aren't as good as those teams. They don't have right. – I mean, look at the skill guys that the Niners have. Look at the Eagles' offensive line and the receivers. I mean, I'll take Ayuk and Debo Samuel over C.D. Lamb. And who's their second? Michael Gallup? Yeah. I yeah. mean, Dalton And then Schultz. the Niners have Kittle. Yeah. And the Cowboys have Dalton Schultz. I mean – the, the Cowboys are just a notch below at pretty much every position. Hmm. Those guys aren't as good as A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith in Philly, or Dallas Goddard. They're not as good. Um, are the Eagles and the Bengals just a prime example now in the NFL that there's a chance that you can win a Super Bowl with your quarterback on rookie deals because you have so much more cap flexibility to address other parts of your roster? Yeah, I think it is. It's very, very helpful. And if they both win, that will be the conversation. And in fact, you know, that's going to be the conversation, I guess, on some level, the NFC, regardless, because Purdy's the quarterback. Yeah. Um, and they don't have a high paid quarterback in San Francisco, although they're paying Jimmy G some money, Trey Lance getting good money. Um, that will certainly be the conversation if it ends up being Hurts and Burrow that these are teams that uniquely have quarterbacks in their third year that are on their rookie contract that are not making huge money and the advantage that that is. It's been interesting to watch the line kind of bounce a little bit for this Chiefs and this Bengals game, Ross, just given the the health of uh, Patrick Mahomes as we get ready for the game. Is is that what this game really hinges on, the health of Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs' ability to beat the Bengals if he's not able to be at 100%? I think it's the biggest factor in the game, yeah. I mean, if he can't move around effectively, I have a tough time picturing the Chiefs winning. I mean, that's a huge part of his game, right? Like, that's that's what makes him such a special player. And if if he has to just kind of be a pocket passer, not real good. I mean, that's not real good at all. And maybe he can do it, but... I got so much faith and trust in Lou Anarumo, the D coordinator for the Mm -hmm. Bengals, that he is going to move Mahomes off his spot. He's going to take away the early, easy throws and make them have to move around. And I just, maybe he aggravates it worse, or maybe he's just not able to be as mobile as he'd like to be. Ross, in, in, in your eyes, of the four teams remaining, it might not be the sexiest position to talk about, but it's one of the most key positions on the field. Of the four teams remaining, who has the best offensive line? Clearly the Eagles, and it is always sexy to talk about offensive linemen. Always. Yes, um, it's remarkable how good-looking we can be at 300 pounds, to be honest with you. Fair point, <laughs> um, fair point. Um, yeah, listen, my wife liked it. She, she, she went for it, so that's all I needed. There you go. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. But, no, it's the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles have the best O-line in the league. They have – you can see that with the pass protection. You can see that with the run game. I mean, all five guys, three of them are pro bowlers and two of them are pro bowl alternates. That's pretty good. That's all five of them. Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Podcast, Westwood One, CBS Sports, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Russick and Rose, Big Show, Sportsnet, 960 the fan um I, I know it's crazy to to say this but have we all still underestimated joe burrow just a little bit ahead of that game in buffalo last week 
Because I know uh, Josh Allen, everybody was saying Josh Allen's going to be the MVP heading into the season. He outplayed him on Sunday. He's beaten Patrick Mahomes three straight times. In your pecking order of quarterbacks in the NFL, is he now the guy right behind Mahomes as two in the league? Yes, I think he is. I was so impressed with what he did in Buffalo. I mean, so impressed. His ability to seemingly know where he was going to throw the ball before he caught it, like 75% of the time, before he caught the snap out of shotgun, Burrow knew where he was going like 75% of the time, at least it felt like. I just look at that and say, he's sort of the, the new Peyton Manning. He's sort of the new Tom Brady in that he's beating people with his brain. It's really impressive. Did we underestimate Zach Taylor, too, as his coach? Yes, for sure. Um, I was a guy that was big on uh, – I, I, I wasn't real keen on Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see why he was the hire. Um, I think was it his first year or his first two years they were terrible? Yeah. Um, but kudos to him, man. They totally turned it around. I actually met him for the first time on Sunday. I was very impressed in my two conversations. I talked to him before the game, and I, I was able to ask him a question at halftime. He is calm. He is confident. He's legit. You got to love his tradition of stopping in Cincinnati bars after a win to, to deliver a game ball, right? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I talked to him about that. And um, it's amazing. I said, well, do you go to the same? I said, what's the name of the bar you go to? He said, I go to a different one each time. I got to tell you, if that was me, that is exactly what I would do. I would call ahead. I'd be like, listen, I'm coming to your bar with the game ball. Um, Make sure you tell everybody I want to come in like a conquering hero. And also, please, (laughs) please, uh, please pour a double IPA for me and put it in the freezer for like 10 minutes so that when I get there, it's, uh, it's the perfect level of cold. I'm going to walk in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put the game ball with my left hand. I'm going to chug the double IPA with my right hand. I mean, I might get into coaching just based on how awesome <laughs> yeah. that must be. That, that does sound uh, pretty awesome. Uh, does Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets sound awesome to you, Ross? Um, no, not real. I mean, I guess I like the point of giving those guys on the Jets a legitimate chance to win mm-hmm. because they weren't really given that with their quarterback last year. So I think that would be awesome. I mean, I think the, the Jets would absolutely want it. I think Aaron Rodgers wouldn't mind being in New York his last year and getting all the pub there. I, I kind of like the idea. I don't think Aaron probably loves it, but I kind of like it. You, you think they could – do some damage? Could they be, I think they could be a playoff team. That defense is really young and talented. There are some playmakers on the offense. Like if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, are they a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Mm, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think they're a playoff team. Right. But I, I can't put them up there with the Chiefs and the Bengals or even the Bills. That. that that's a little bit too much of a step, but maybe it's like the Eagles step. You know, Hertz went from being like the 20th best quarterback to one of the top five. Maybe if Rodgers plays at the top five level, the Jets take a uh, the Jets take an Eagles esque 
step next year. Uh, you obviously played with Tom Brady. Uh, you think he's going to Vegas? You think the stars are aligned for him to go play for Josh McDaniels there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, more likely than not that Tom Brady plays this year. And if he plays this year, I think it's more likely than not that he plays for the Raiders. I mean, we know the Raiders need a quarterback. Yep. We know the Raiders have Josh McDaniels as their head coach. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot pointing in that direction of Brady to the Raiders. We know Mark Davis is the type of owner that would just think it's cool that Tom Brady's on his team and would want it. Yeah. And so we want him on his team. I mean, there's just a lot there. Where does Derek Carr end up, you think? Hmm. I think he probably ends up with the Jets. Hmm. That that feels like a Jets move to get like a solid quarterback. I don't I don't know if the Aaron Rodgers is going to happen, mm-hmm. especially with all that money. I think it's maybe more likely to uh, I think it's more likely to be a situation where it's actually uh, Derek Carr. Um, what do you think the Bears do? I'm sorry, I'm giving you rapid fire questions because uh, the offseason is almost upon <laughs> us here. But do the Bears hold on to that number one pick? Do they build around Justin Fields? Do they take a quarterback and trade Justin Fields? What do you think the Bears are doing at one, Russ? Trying to trade down to get more picks. Trying to trade down uh, two, three, four, five to get more picks, but then still be able to get Will Will Anderson or uh, Jalen Carter, one of the top two defenders. I I, I really think that's going to happen. Do you think that's what the Bears need to kind of get them back into that, I don't know of contention, but at least uh, back to the postseason type of team? Um, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they need, a, they need a dominant defensive player, and they just need a lot of talent everywhere, so they need more draft picks, which is why the, mm-hmm. the Chase Claypool trade was – very much a head scratcher. I mean, they gave yeah. up the 33rd pick in the draft for half a season of Chase Claypool because I think he's a free agent now. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure they'll sign him because they kind of have to based on what they gave up to get him. But that is nuts that they did that yeah. without getting him signed to a deal ahead of time or in conjunction with the trade. I mean, that puts him in a really bad defensive position. Let me just look real quick. Um, okay, he was drafted in 20. So they actually have him for one more year. Yeah. So they gave him a third-round pick. I mean, they gave him the 33rd overall pick for essentially a year and a half from Chase Claypool. Are you surprised they didn't necessarily learn from when they acquired Nikhil Harry, which wasn't too much of a different story? No, I think that's different because Nikhil Harry, people knew. Nikhil Harry, they barely gave anything up for. Mm. And that was just like, let's give him a shot. That wasn't – I can't remember what they gave up, but it wasn't a, a draft pick of consequence. Uh, Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, Westwood One, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Uh, Ross, before you go, uh, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And myfrontpagestory.com is the greatest Valentine's Day gift of all time, 
I know people don't know what to get their significant others. Oh, take her out to dinner, okay, or maybe flowers. She probably has never even heard of MyFrontPageStory.com, doesn't even realize it's a thing that you can talk to a writer for five minutes about how great your significant other is. They write the most unbelievable story about her. It's framed. It has pictures of her. It looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. When you give it to her and you say, I had a story written about you, it just sounds awesome. Like, it sounds so romantic. It sounds like you went out of your way and killed yourself to find some poor sap who would write a story about your wife. That's what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And then when she reads the quotes about how much she means to you and all that stuff, she'll cry. I mean, I've seen enough videos now. They cry almost every time, like happy tears. And then it's hanging up in the house forever. It's like a gift that keeps on giving. Trust me, fellas, myfrontpagestory.com, myfrontpagestory.com. Ross, thanks for this. We'll talk to you next week. We'll have a Super Bowl matchup. Excited. Sounds great. Can't wait. There he goes. Ross Tucker on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. We're going to wrap up the show. Um, Alex, could I get the uh, Flames Impossible Trivia Bed? Uh, as we have about three minutes here to go before we hand things over to you and Patrick. Do we have it? Sorry, give, give me a sec, guys. All right, okay. All right. I'm going to give you guys one more hint and oh. another hint at Sportsnet. Excellent. 960, uh, the fan on the Twitter line, 960-960. We talked about this during the show this week. What? Yeah, we were mentioned this specific thing on the show this week. That's why I got the idea about this. What? We yeah. already talked about this? Yeah. In a roundabout way, yes. Well, it was probably when I wasn't paying attention, though. Why aren't you paying attention? What do you mean? Why? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? I need you laser focused. Sometimes the whole time. I get distracted. By what? Like, is there a bee in the studio? <laughs> You're trying to catch a butterfly? Like, is there a monarch <laughs> flying around here? You got a net? <laughs> is, is there a shiny thing outside the window that catches your eye? Yeah, it's usually a shiny trinket, George, okay. as a matter of fact. All right. Trevor Kidd, Marty McKinnis, and Chris Drury all have this in common on today's inaugural edition of Impossible Flames Trivia. Um, I honestly, in my time of doing the big show with you, uh-huh. I have never seen the text line explode like this. I've... Um... I've been impressed by the fan engagement. I will say that. There is dozens upon dozens upon dozens of text messages trying to win Nickelback tickets to get I, the answer for this. I and nobody has it right. I would say hundreds. Yeah, there nobody is at has least it right. 200 texts here. Nobody yet. You've uh, read them all. Uh, the only other person on the planet who knows the answer to this is Techno Director Alex Brody, who I told during the break while you guys were out of the room momentarily. Alex, give me the percentage that they would get this or our listeners would get this. Uh, I think like (laughs) 0.002% Okay, would be my guess. Okay, that's why it's called Impossible Flames Trivia. Before I give out the answer, do you want one more guess, you and producer Patrick Dumas? Sorry, my headset unplugged there, so I've been very You you didn't really Ah, yeah. One more guess before we go from you. Were they all coached by a Sutter? No. Patrick? No guess here. 
No, no. You no. pass? You yeah, just pass? 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 <laughs> like your bid is zero? That point point zero zero two whatever percent that he thinks people could get this? I, I don't know. Everybody's saying a bunch of random stuff on the text line. They all use two-piece sticks. They all use steel cages on their helmets. Nope. They all... Now, uh, we could give away the tickets now, or we could carry it over to the, the 9 o'clock show. Do you want to do that or no? No, you, you give them later. All right. Uh, the answer to the question... Do, do we have a drum roll or something, Alex? The connection of Trevor Kidd, Marty McKinnis, and Chris Drury. All three players played one season with a player who won the Lady Bing Trophy once in their careers. Trevor Kidd, 2003, played with Alexander McGillney on the Maple Leafs. Marty McInnes played with Pierre Turgeon in 1993, who won it with the New York Islanders. And Chris Drury played with Joe Sackick in 2001 with the Avalanche. We talked about the Lady Bing Trophy earlier on this week. That's why I got the idea. So that is the answer to today's Flames and Possible Trivia. Trevor Kidd, Marty McInnes, and Chris Drury all played with the player who won the Lady Bing once in their career. That's why it's impossible. Uh, yeah, I'm always thinking about the Lady Bing. That's the first award I look at. That's why it. That's why you could have never Googled this. No, you couldn't have. The no, one award was... that shouldn't exist, the Lady Bing. <laughs> and they all played with the player who only won it once in their career. Huh. That's the connection between Trevor Kidd, Marty McInnes, Chris Drury. There you go. That's the answer to today's Flames Impossible Trivia. We're going to text uh, our winner uh, during the break. Somebody randomly on the text line. Get your texts in right now. Name and location. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, your chance to win Nickelback tickets for June 25th down at the Saddle Dome. I think we'll do this next week. What do you think? This was a lot of fun. And I it, think we should do it. And it'll be an impossible question again next week, too. Great. Can't wait. Should I make it a little easier or even harder next week? I would say about the same. Okay. If anything, same easier, speed. but about the same. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's it for us. Straight ahead, Matt Stajan, Calgary Hitman assistant coach, former NHLer, will join Patrick and Alex for more Big Show. That's it for us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.